You are listening to a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. CCEF is committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and many more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF. And today I'm talking with my colleague and fellow staff member, Miriam Herzog. Miriam has been around for a while, spends a lot of time talking to churches who are connected to CCEF. She's also written for the Journal of Biblical Counseling. And uh, our goal today is actually to follow up on, in some senses, a, a podcast that the two of us did with Ed Welch some time ago on the topic of anger. And, uh, you know, funny thing, we didn't actually manage to cover all of anger in the 20 minutes that we talked with Ed, Miriam, did we? Imagine that. Uh, funny thing about that. So, yeah, it was just, it was interesting in the, in the wake of that conversation, thinking more about what is anger? How does anger work? How does the culture around us see anger? Uh, just, just got us thinking. So um, that's our topic, following up on that. But, uh, Miriam, thank you so much for being here today. Mm, thanks for having me. Miriam, you, uh, you probably spent a little more time thinking about the, uh, the particulars of, of anger and our, our culture than I have recently. Um, I know one thing that's on your heart is just thinking about the way that um, our, our culture will tend to speak the language of managing anger. And, and your question that I know you've been thinking, I said, okay, what, what is the biblical view? Is that, is that a fair way of capturing the biblical understanding of anger? Is, it, is the Bible pointing us in a different direction? How, how are you thinking about that these days? Mm. Yeah, I appreciate the question. And it's kind of fun, Alistair, since you've written a book on emotions, we can get to that and talk with you and pick your brain on uh, your book on emotions. No fair turning it around on me. I know, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think my background on the subject is more having worked with troubled teens, both in the alternative school setting and in the public school setting. And so, you know, teens who are troubled, while obviously struggled with anger significantly, and even one of my first experiences, I remember uh, back in college, I was doing an internship on a child adolescent ward. And one of the very first things I encountered was a, a young girl who was 11 who walked up to me sobbing and she had tried to strangle her father with a telephone cord. Oof. And back, you know, I guess this was rotary phones. This dates me a bit. Back but anyway, telephone cords. I know, yeah. right? Oh, telephone man. cords. So... You know, that was, I was 18, 19 doing this internship, um, and Oof. I remember just being shocked at how deeply troubled this girl must have been in reacting that way to her father, and even then, it was pretty common that anger management, you know, classes, mm -hmm. techniques were employed, and so... You know, that's, that's pretty much, I think, the cultural understanding is that anger is, is normal and it's healthy. Mm. And so you have to find a way to manage it. You have to find a way to deal with it uh, to not suppress those angry, naturally healthy feelings that arise. Because that's unhealthy then, right? You're going to cause even more upset right. and anger by suppressing. Right. So what are healthy ways to do that? So... Maybe some of the things that would be suggested would be, you know, counting to 10, deep breathing exercises, um, walking away, cooling off, meditation. Those would be maybe some of the things you might find 
You know, some people would say, you know, you install a punching bag down in your basement or you punch into a pillow or you punch the pillow and pretend that's your dad, you know, you know, we're kind of getting away from healthy at that point. So, you know, the culture just kind of accepts it as normal and healthy. And but I think what it doesn't do is help the person who's deeply struggling with anger with why the why question of why am I so angry? I think some websites, if you just Google anger management, you'll find some websites actually really do try to get to the why. Mm. And that's helpful, but not consistently. Mm. We had one youth that we worked with um, when we did youth group, and he, he had an incident at school, and he was prescribed anger management and community service. Thankfully, they they felt that our Bible study would be good as a substitute for anger management and our missions trip to West Virginia would be good community service. All right. So that was an incredible caseworker he had who saw, hey, this is a healthy thing this child's already doing. Which that's I don't think that's the norm, but anger management classes, right? So I guess with our biblical view of anger, we would see it really as, as a moral thing, a righteous and right. unrighteous. We can't have righteous anger along with God because he's a righteous God and sin is deeply displeasing to him as is injustice. And so we can be displeased and righteously anger over those things as Christians. And I like how David Pallison puts it. He has a mini book on anger and he has a great book, by the way, which I would really recommend to our listeners, Good and Angry, Yeah. Um, which I think the mini book was the earlier version perhaps of the, the tome, which is red in colors. You can't miss it. <laughs> Um, 200 he, page tome it's yeah, not a, not a right. 600 page tome exactly <laughs> compared to a booklet it's a tome that's right it's very readable I swear it is and, it's, and he's so practical oh, you know at so the cool. end of each chapter he gives yeah. you assignments and fill in the blanks right. you kind of you know use it as a workbook but he calls it a moral act of the whole person I think that's really helpful yeah you know you're engaged fully in anger when you're in it and it's not just this explosive fuming Right. screaming, yelling, it's all sorts of, you know, bitterness and complaining and judging and, you know, sort of those passive-aggressive type behaviors, yeah. right, anger. So I think he's he's very helpful. And I think maybe at its worst form, you know, you could see it as, and Ed really develops this uh, madness, the madness of anger. Yeah. We have a great journal article, an oldie but goodie, uh, the 24.4, it's all about anger, the whole thing. So if you go on ccf.org slash jbc, you'll, you'll find it there. And he really does talk about just the, the devilish, mad, insane aspects of anger yeah. where the person just is almost unrecognizable. Um, and as I talked in our last podcast about our son, and he wants me to use his name. His name is Lewis, so he's he asked me so good man I, I know right that. own it right that's right but that's what I've observed a lot of is this kind of out of control it's scary yeah there's the rages yeah that that happen but it is it is a moral act to the whole right. person and I think unless we let people see it that way or really I think not doing justice yeah. to the full experience of anger that's kind yeah. of how I'd put it what would you add to that Oscar? well you know I mean it's funny um it's funny that you raised the topic of the book and then going on to talk about anger management for, for me. So I do have a book. This is like the resources episode of the yes. podcast. I love yes. this. We're talking about all these different resources and I don't know which one we'll give away as our uh, free resource at the end of the episode. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. But um, 
yeah, the we're uh, with Winston Smith we're working on a book on emotions called Emotions Untangled coming out next spring. Um, but um, I think for me, the the impetus for the book, the interest in emotions for me really started with the observation that venting your anger doesn't work. Hmm. Um, and a slightly more nuanced way of saying that is it does work, but it works temporarily and ends up actually backfiring. And so for me, the, the metaphor that first got me interested in emotions in general was thinking about um, venting anger is sort of like going to the gym. Hmm. So you go to the gym, and if you work out hard at the gym, which would be the analogy to venting your anger, getting it out, getting your energy out, by the end of your workout, you feel spent, you feel tired, it's gone, that energy is out, like you actually feel weaker than you did when you walked in, right? But two days later, those muscles are stronger. And so there's a way in which venting anger actually reinforces the experience of why I was angry in the first place. So often people vent their anger, they get it off their chest, they blow off some steam, and they, they feel like, okay, I don't feel as angry as I did, I feel like I've kind of gotten it out there. But what happens is in speaking those things and passionately sort of articulating, here's why this person did me so wrong or whatever, um, you end up actually reinforcing the underlying beliefs, the underlying why, as you put it, that I was angry in the first place. And that for me was such a reorienting insight to realize that blowing off steam is actually, in many cases, making the problem worse, even if you feel better in the moment after you've done it. Hmm. Uh, it has a way of reinforcing the very problematic desires and the problematic set of perspectives that were leading to mad madness of anger, devilish anger, anger that is ugly and destructive rather than godly and redemptive. Hmm. Um, so I could, I could go much longer into um, thoughts about venting and anger management. I think the main thing I'm thinking as you're um, just trying to draw out a biblical perspective of what do we mean is I think um, the, the, Bible, the Bible's perspective, as I understand it, is to say anger is indeed a moral emotion and it's right to look at certain things and say, that is wrong, and I am completely impassioned against that, right? To, as Christians, we should have this powerful instinct that says, I'm going to protect the oppressed. I'm going to stand up for what is right and against what is wrong. That's, that's appropriate, even if it's scary or it costs us. And uh, anger is actually a helpful emotion in giving us courage and energy to move against mm-hmm. what is evil. But... 97% of the time, what happens is it goes right. sour, it goes south, it becomes self-obsessed. It's I am on high and you are down below and I judge you and I attack you and I punish you. And most of what we see in most of the Bible's experience of anger in humans is this warning, don't trust it, be careful with it. It is so self-blinding. Hmm. You think you're right. You think you have the moral high ground and therefore you, you don't do Matthew 7 and take the log out before the speck. You're so focused on the spec that you get out your club to take it out, and and the cycle goes round and mm. round and round, and it right. kills humility. So right. I, uh, I'm, I'm completely tracking with you, and I think there's value in counting to ten mm. or simmering down or, or breathing mm. and walking away. And um, But that is not the answer to mm. anger. That is wise humility, and, it, and our goal would actually be that the momentary disengaging, so I don't just bite someone's head off in the moment, would actually be an opportunity to reflect, okay, why am I so angry? What's bothering me? Right. What's upsetting me? What is it that I'm wanting here and not getting? Yeah, and I think it's interesting you bring that up. I really honestly have not considered that, Also, that thought that venting the anger can make it worse. 
and actually maybe lead to another occurrence sure. of even worse anger because be- that becomes a cycle. I- exactly. Right? Exactly. But, which reinforces the behavior. Well, it's interesting. Uh, tell me the scripture reference because I can't remember it right now. Uh, <laughs> of course. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become sure. angry. If you, is that? James 1, 19, okay. uh, 20. Is, and then the angry okay. man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yes. So I think of that fascinating right because if you think of where does anger come from okay maybe you're by yourself in your car and you're in a traffic jam but how would that still apply you're quick to listen to the lord you're slow to rage out <laughs> the anger in your heart have you been in the car with me yeah. I, I was alone i mean it, i know right and philly's bad i mean people are people yeah. are angry drivers around here for sure in fact that's funny i'll use an example on myself when our son our oldest son was i think two and I must have been not aware of how I was when I was driving. And from the back, he says, come on, lady, or something like that. <laughs> Talk about great. embarrassing. So I started to actually work on my You shouldn't let him speech. drive with your husband anymore. I know, right? Huh? I know, that. exactly. You must have gotten it from my husband. But it's true that this quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry is the exact opposite of venting, isn't it? There's a calming yeah. presence. Of course, as Christians, we can say the Holy Spirit does calm us when we cry out and say, Lord, calm me down. Take this down. Right. And then, of course, confession. I've sinned against you by raging. Right. Let me let the Spirit of God calm my person right. so that I can. And so, as I was saying, if you're alone in the car, but what if you're dealing with another person, which is usually, you know, anger leads to conflict, conflict leads to anger, and you have this cycle. So what does it look like to engage with another human being or yeah. even just your animal, your pet in the house or whatever? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Or the other driver who can't hear you, That's but right. you're in your heart and or your words in the car and or your gestures, hopefully not. But, it, we, you know, like there's a, there's a reality to um, when, when the focus of the moral dimension of anger shifts from the living God has been offended and sinned against here to mm. I have been offended and sinned against here. My will has been crossed rather than the Lord's will has been crossed. You've shifted into this dangerous territory where it becomes I am the judge and the executioner. Mm. Um, and that can be in the car by myself um, because my will of getting quickly to the place I wanted to be has been crossed by this traffic jam and especially by the driver who just tried to merge. And uh, it's not... When you begin to realize, oh my goodness, there is... Anger is the emotion of, of moral judgment. Right. You begin to see all around me. I, I, the reason I'm angry is because you have crossed my will. Right. You have not bowed to my kingdom. You have prevented me from getting the thing I wanted. And that's James 4, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the, the reason we quarrel and fight and argue is that we do not get what we want. It's we right. have these desires, and when they're thwarted, we kill and murder and, right. and quarrel. Um, can, I, can I push this one step forward? One question you raised um, w- with me before that I thought was really interesting is the issue of, of personal temperament hmm. um, and thinking about, okay, there's there's different temperaments that different people have that are going to express anger differently. Hmm. And I, I assume we've all had that experience of, you know, I um, we all know the sort of explosive, angry, yelling, you know, or throwing plates or I mean, ultimately, you know, murderous, physically abusive kinds of expressions of anger. But... Um, I can fit a lot of anger into an expression like, sure, that's fine. Right? You know, Interesting. Like, yeah. It's, it, 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 oh, right. man. Like, so tell me, what, tell me what you're thinking in terms of temperament. How do you understand the different ways that anger plays out? How do you think about the effect of personal temperament on the experience of anger mm-hmm. or the expression of anger? Yeah, that's, that's a really good one, I think, because 
Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, there's there's culture and family. How were you raised? What culture do you come from? And I think those are other things we, we could talk about. I think just basic personality and temperament. Some tend to be more expressive of emotion, and some maybe find emotion more suspect or just the way they're wired is they're more rational, logical versus emotional. And so, again, what was encouraged in your family system growing up? Were you encouraged to express emotion or not? Uh, I, I certainly was. There was a lot of people would, would vent it. I mean, in some families, you're slamming doors and, you know, it's just, and then there's sort of like this uh, climax that comes right. where right. people get to a place where they've finally spoken what they need to speak and say and they've gotten it out and sometimes that can reach, lead to resolution. It can also lead to more conflict and more right. problems right. if not dealt with biblically. So I think, you know, I'll give an example just from my own marriage. Uh, I don't mind and my husband wouldn't mind, I'm pretty sure, either. Um, I think I'm very passionate. So when I speak, and I was raised in the south of France, and I think that may play a part as well. I, I, I remember seeing a lot of heated, so. heated debate. <laughs> I would guess so. Heated debate. Yeah. And if you didn't get heated, people kind of question whether you were actually committed to the idea of what you were saying. And mm-hmm. so that, I've seen that. I've seen There's a it. cultural element, not just There's, a temperament. Yeah, element. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think the more passionate I get about something, the more excited sometimes sometimes the louder I can get and also the more overwhelming I can be especially to my husband I don't do this often with lots of people or others but more just with my spouse on a particular issue um, you know one I'm very passionate about is the Sabbath so we, we've we've hmm. sort of bantered back and forth about Sabbath observance and he was raised very differently with that to me and the Eagles play on Sunday, Alistair. What are we going to do about that, you know? so <laughs> No comment. That's right, exactly, for our Philly listeners. But, yeah, um, so I think what I've found is that, you know, I can come off as angry hmm. and where I'm, I would say I'm only passionate, but maybe I'm right on the edge hmm. where I'm slipping into a very strong way of speaking that can be, it almost seems intimidating, almost in, in its worst forms, maybe bullying, because I'm pushing hard, and I want somebody to push back, you know? But he's just sitting there taking it in. His temperament is, you know, he's an internal processor. He's very calm by nature. And the more I drive after something, the more he tends to pull away because of the strong emotion. And he'll say, why are you getting angry about that? And I'm saying, I'm not angry. I'm just very passionate. But then he's calling my heart into question, too, is why... Why are you getting worked up, you know, And you're feeling like, why don't you care, right? I mean, sure. or why are you not invested or why are you just not giving me anything here? That's like, right. Doesn't this matter to you? Right. I'm reading it as indifference, whereas right. for him, he's sitting back, taking it in, thinking about it. In fact, he usually needs a couple of days to process something. So if I put out a big idea, kind of like, give me three days, I'll get back to you. So what a different way of just trying to process life and, you know, your own emotions and... So it, it's been a good exercise, and I, I know we're talking resources, right? So I might as well make a plug. Uh, <laughs> Lauren and Whitman and Aaron Cerrone wrote a really good article on mm. conflict in marriage, but specifically um, this, the pattern, the cycle of conflict when there's one who withdraws. Right, the spouse who withdraws. So I think that is a really helpful one for our listeners if we're thinking about that specifically. 
uh, as far as what is the pattern. And this wouldn't just apply really to husbands and wives. I mean, it could be a parent-child dynamic, could be friends, siblings, family members, boss, employee. You know, when one gets heated and passionate about something and goes after it, and the other person tends to withdraw, both may be struggling with anger. Um, but one might not express it, one maybe would verbally. What's going on in the hearts? Why does one withdraw and one attack? So it's a, it's a really good one, the last one, 32.1. So yeah, that's kind of maybe where temperament fits in. And, and, I, and I do tend to think, I mean, again, I'm the more hot-headed one, so I realize I <laughs> probably favor my way, right? Because I'm, I'm wired that way. But I, I think we tend to be a little hard on um, those who are more passionate, emotional, even hot-headed. And we're probably not tough enough on those who tend to be cold and shut down, you know, and handle anger differently. So maybe that's where I would go with that. Yeah. Well, I I am on the other side of that spectrum. And I would would tend to, um, well, again, it's it's so hard to see beyond your own experience, but I have, um, I've received counsel from uh, guys I've been in accountability with who've just said, you know what, like you're... Well, in your marriage, your your wife is more able to, um, she can handle a lot. Like she's she she wants information, she wants engagement. Um, you you need to actually be um, quicker to give her information, and because it's a way of mm. loving her that actually means engaging with her in the moment rather than doing what feels safe to you, which is just mm. sort of clamming up and withdrawing yeah. and keeping your cards close to your chest. And and it, it for, I've actually spent uh, a lot of time in the past few years thinking through. Okay, on the one hand. Typically, what comes out when you're feeling under stress and you're angry or frustrated is not going to be righteousness. Um, that's sure. James 1. But on the flip side, if I hold back and withhold and don't engage and sort of judge or distance myself or cut her off so that I can feel safe, there's a way in which that's not loving and serving either. They're on both sides, I'm, I'm protecting my own interests rather than seeking right. the, the good of another Philippians 2 mentality. And I think that's where um, it it is easier to slide under the radar uh, when you're when you're sort of naturally someone who clams up and doesn't make people uncomfortable and you're sort of a people pleaser. It's harder to slip under the radar when you're passionate out there and you're wearing your oh, heart right. on your sleeve. Um, but the at, at the end of the day, the heart of the self protective withdrawer is not more righteous than the heart of that's the right. self protective or aggressive engager. And uh, presumably, this is one of those places where it's just helpful to, to take a step back and say, okay, what is my tendency? Mm-hmm. If I'm married, what is my spouse's tendency? What are my parents' tendencies? What are my kids' tendencies? Like, who are the people where I tend to find challenges that swirl around anger? What are our tendencies? And how can I then love the other person in the midst of that? Okay, you're a passionate engager. Like, that's going to call your husband to a courage that pushes him to speak a little bit sooner and a little sure. bit stronger and a little bit putting more of his thoughts out there. He doesn't have to be mean about it, mm. um, but there's a right way to engage more and, and vice versa for you to say, like, okay, I need to give him some days to process. Mm-hmm. I need yeah, to right. be able to say what I say and then not um, not attack him if he doesn't give me the resolution I want within yeah. five minutes. Right, and exactly. So it's a... Uh, it is indeed a, a set of challenges, but um, Miriam, thank you so much. This is super helpful. I really appreciate your willingness to share your own story in the midst of this. Um, would you do us the honor of just briefly praying for yourself, for, for me, and for anyone who's listening uh, as we just all wrestle with the problem of anger? Sure. Thanks.
Father in heaven, what a gracious and kind God you are to us, Lord. We are so privileged to be called your children, to be welcomed into your family. Lord, we do long for the day where we'll see you face to face when all of our anger problems will be gone. Hmm. We will be able to experience fully emotions uh, untainted by sin. We so look forward to that day. Give us wisdom, Lord, as to how we can be a blessing to one another in our relationships as we wrestle through our own anger, as we try to understand other people's anger without judging them or being dismissive of them. Lord, uh, give us wisdom. And Lord, would you be with our listeners today as they process their own hearts, as they may be caught in cycles of anger themselves or loved ones, Lord, would you give them courage to move towards others and not away from them? Would you give us all, Lord, we didn't talk a lot about this today, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We know that we have this in a large measure because, Lord, you live in us. So give us the fruit of the Spirit in, in abundance, Lord, and we just pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Miriam made my job easy today by referencing a bunch of resources in the podcast itself. I hemmed and hawed about which one to give at the end, and I ended up choosing <clears throat> the article she mentioned by Lauren Whitman and Aaron Cerrone called Helping a Spouse Who Withdraws During Conflict. <clears throat> she told me after the podcast was over that uh, they're actually hoping to put together one called something like Helping a Spouse Who Attacks During Conflict uh, in issue 32.3 of the Journal of Biblical Counseling. But if you want to get the one that's already out on withdrawing for free, you can just go to ccef.org slash podcast, and the link to that will be available right under the link for today's episode, the click button for today's episode. And then you just enter the code podcast at checkout, and that will be free until we put up the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Blessings. Blessings.